We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Agostino Pintas. As a former Inc. 500 technology chief, Agostino had great success until he failed in spectacular fashion that kicked off his 10 dark years. He was rudderless with no direction and financially broken. It wasn't until a friend introduced him to the power of buying large real estate deals that changed the entire course of his life. Agostino ended up building a real estate portfolio as the general partner on over $42 million of deals in 32 months. Today, he helps people get into real estate deals and build their wealth. Augustino, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. I'm excited to to hear your story and your experiences. So um, why don't you start by sharing your thoughts on how you think we've been conditioned to not take risks? Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you what, Lori. I was talking to my friend about this the other day, actually. And if you think about it, when, when we were kids in grade school and you made a mistake in like on a test or something like that, at least when I went to grade school, uh, you know, I might be a little older than you are, but we had nuns that ran the school. And if you made a mistake, this nun will whip out the ruler and wrap it right across your knuckles, right? Because you Mm -hmm. made an error. And if you can imagine that, that type of behavior to a child amplified and done day in, day out, where you're, you're worried about your score, you're worried about being wrong. And if you are wrong, you're, 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 you're piece of human garbage, so to speak, <laughs> or that's a feeling you get. It's the conditioning, you know, and when we're, we're conditioned to be very good employees, that is what we are trained to do because we live in a very antiquated system, right? We live in a system where we were told you're going to be good employees. You shall not make a mistake. And I need you to work eight hours a day. And then you're going to get eight hours to yourself. You get eight hours of sleep. This is the perfect balance. You're going to do this for five days a week. You're going to do this for 40 years until we don't longer need you. And then you're going to go onto a pasture and, you know, live, the, live out the rest of the life that we permit you to have. And uh, that is just, that's the friendly new phenomenon too, Lori. You know, that's not, this, this is new. This is, this is, when I say new, I'm saying the last hundred years, maybe even less than that, where this, this paradigm started up, you know? So uh, it's, it's certainly been very, a high degree of conditioning that we've all been put through and people don't even realize where it comes from. Yeah, they have no idea. They're just expected that this is, this is how it is. So this is how it must be. And it's certainly not the case. It is absolutely not the case at all. So why do people live in fear, even though they have a secure job? Well, that's the thing. That's, that's the fake thing. It's, it's not secured. It's this belief of security. Like, like you said in the introduction there, I was working at this, this company. It was, it was a fine company, great company. You know, we, we were, 
we had a great deal of success. We, I helped grow this business from a few hundred employees to a couple thousand employees. I mean, we're doing remarkable things. But what, what I did was, while I was working at this company, I was still in my early 30s at the time, I got into real estate back then doing like single family homes and stuff like that because I was, I was living in fear. Even though I was earning a six-figure job, even though I had stock options and all that fun stuff with this company, and even though they, they supposedly loved me, I still thought one day these guys are going to turn on me. That was always in the back of my mind. I I already knew because as long as your future is in the hands of someone else, they will define when you can take your, when you can take your, your, your time off, when you, where you almost, almost where you can go, that even comes into play too, right? Because if you're only given two weeks and I say given two weeks or three weeks of your time, that must be, your time must be taken into account as to where you want to go. And you don't have any flexibility around that. If you want to take a longer trip, there's no way. And it has to be included in your time, time off that is again, allocated to you. And, uh, but at any rate, all that stuff is, is all, it's a facade. It's not real. And and, and that's, and I'm a perfect example. I, I was doing great. I was six figure C-level executive. One day a boss rolls in uh, literally weeks prior saying how he loved me two weeks later, he hands me a box and tells me to get out. Right. So it was all a lie. And he just, he just wanted me to stick around long enough so he can get his, his other guy in. That's, that's, uh, that's the only reason, you know, and, I can't blame him for trying to protect his business. However, one thing is readily apparent is that no job with anybody is secured anywhere. It just isn't. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's very true nowadays, um, it, which you have. Okay. So let's talk about this next thing. Then you have really achieved some major successes. Um, what are some of the best habits that you've employed to help you achieve these goals and, and live without fear to some extent? Well, you know, um, I would say that before I can answer that question, there has, there has to be a realization. And one thing that Seneca said is that every person is born twice. The first time is when they're, they're born you know, from, from, their, from their mother, leaves their mother's womb. And the second time is when they realize they don't have much time left. And that's the second, this is the second phase. I've already been born twice now because of this, right? And because of all the things that have happened. And I'll tell you that when, when you have this reawakening and you, you develop a whole new focus around what your life needs to be, you start living on purpose. And that's what I've been doing now. So what I, what I do as far as a ritual is concerned, I wake up early every morning, 5.15. I, I, I avoid touching the phone. I avoid all that. I go to the gym. I do CrossFit, come home, start the coffee, and I start writing. I write down my affirmations. I say, I, I visualize my future as I want it and as it is, as it, it is, as if it's present and happening today because your subconscious does not know the difference. Your subconscious can be programmed the same way it has been programmed in a negative way, what I just described. You can also program it on a positive way as well. So you can visualize all these different things. And again, your subconscious starts, starts I guess, gravitating towards those things. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh, your reticular activating system, everyone has one, okay, becomes active and it starts being on the lookout for the things that you are visualizing and writing down in your daily journal. 
like, was there ever a car, like when you were a kid that you really, really wanted, like, was there a car or some, some item that you really wanted? Sure. I mean, nothing's coming to my head. I mean, I'm sure there, there was something. <laughs> I'll give, okay. I'll give you an example. Yeah, I'll, give, yeah. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Sure. So, so I'm, uh, I, I, as soon as I saw the new cyber truck, I was like, man, what is that? You know, I was mm-hmm. like, it was a little bit like, he must be joking. Right. But he wasn't joking. So I said, I got to get one. I need to get one. I need to get a cyber truck. Right. And so I, I pre-ordered it. And now everywhere I go, I see Teslas. I see Tesla cars everywhere. Before you wouldn't notice it, but now you do. Why? Because I write down in my journal, my Tesla truck is sitting outside waiting for me to go on a ride. You know, that kind of thing. I'm like, I'm visualizing as if it's today. And that is something, I know it sounds all foo-foo, sounds all dumb and nonsense. I used to be that guy, they would say, that sounds like a bunch of crap. But I'm telling you, I promise you, I promise your listeners, that stuff works. I'm telling you, I promise you <laughs> it works. The hardest part is being diligent about it and, and building it into your routine. But uh, I think that along with, uh, I, I listen to a lot of motivational stuff on the way to the gym and on the way back to the gym. And the reason why I do that is because the mind, your, your mind is most open when you wake up in the morning and the information you're taking in and those critical hours are going to define how you live the rest of the day. So if the first thing you do is pick up your phone and you start, you see a bunch of garbage on your phone, some news article about something some politician did or whatever, that's how you're starting your day. It's a negative, negative sort of feeling, right? Negative emotion, as opposed to going to on your way to the gym and you're listening to motivational stuff. It's basically making you ready to take on a day. That sets the tone. It sets the tone for the entire day. And, and every day turns into weeks and those weeks turn into months and those months turn into years. That's how you develop such a strong mindset. That's, that's the secret I've discovered. And if I would have been doing this years ago, I think my life would have been very, very different. It would have been very interesting. Well, we'll come back to that question about what you would have been doing a little differently a few years back. But let's, um, this is fascinating, but let's talk about some networking. Um, sure. Can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Oh my God, Lori, I tell you, <laughs> when I was working in the corporate world, right? I would, again, this is all false training, right? Even as a C-level guy, I always thought, you know what? I do my job. I show up. I do my thing and I go home and like the systems are running, the technology is executing, people are making money. What do I need to do? Everything's taken care of, right? So I would just go home. So instead of, instead of networking, I wouldn't do anything. I would not even go to events, even though the company would even pay for it. I figured, why do I have to do it? I don't have to do it. What for? Stupid, 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 stupid mistake. So dumb, so dumb. So now it's all about networking. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I network like, like tremendously. It's, it's what we do. And as part of our, it's core to our business. I, I it's, it's, as far as, a, so what we do, like you alluded to before is we buy these large multifamily real estate deals. And I have a friend of mine that, that introduced me to, um, well, he, he brought me into the fold of his network and I'll tell you, the people he introduced me to were just phenomenal. This one guy, this one friend that he introduced me to got us in front of a deal that 
would never have been have made its way in my hands in a million years. And now we're closing it. This is going to be, we're closing in a few weeks here. I can't really share with you what it is just yet because it's a non-disclosure agreement, but you have me on in three weeks. I'll tell you all about it, but, I, <laughs> but I'm telling you that is a historical property. It will be worth a great sum of money when it's completed, when it's going to be a redevelopment deal. But again, networking is what brought it. it it's, it's, it's kind of like doing what we do today as a business. We're able to get to a good level, right? So you mentioned, uh, I think it was 40 some million dollars in, in assets. We actually have right now, uh, I'm waiting on a purchase agreement to show up for another five and uh, possibly another two. So um, th- that would have been fine and dandy. That would have been a nice year. But now you're talking like literally multiplying it by 2.5 times and uh, in one transaction. It's a, it's, it's a life-changing event. Networking. Networking is directly responsible for that event. It's going to be huge. Uh, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm getting, I'm, get, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it, Lori. <laughs> That's Telling awesome. You, it's crazy. Well, it's the whole reason for the show is to really kind of highlight and showcase the power of, of networking. Yeah. Um, so how do you stay in front of or best nurture these relationships that you're creating? You know, that, that's probably the hardest part. Um, you know, I, I was at some, an online networking event and which I'd never done before. What they did was they, it was, it was done through zoom and they would take, take people at random and throw them into a room, a quote room, like, you know, virtual sure. room. Yep. Yep. And they would be forced to talk and only have 15 minutes for the entire room to, to start talking. It's hardly enough time, in my opinion, to really you know, get to know somebody. And, uh, but you know what, regardless, I had, I had two computers set up. So I had the second computer there and I was like LinkedIn, you know, doing the whole LinkedIn, Facebook thing, whatever, with the intent of following up with them. But I, you know, some of the people I followed up with, you know, actually just before this, just before this meeting, I had uh, one gentleman reach out and we're going to talk next week. But I'll tell you, the majority of them did not connect. So it's like, I can't reach out to them because they didn't connect with me. Right. Hmm. So, or maybe if I, if I connect with them, then he seemed a little desperate, so to speak. Right. But, but the point is, is that I think everybody is, is somewhat in some degree guilty of this. And that is the follow-up. The follow-up is probably the hardest part uh, because uh, we, we get it in our own heads that, oh my God, what am I going to say? Oh, what am I going to do? It looks so, it looks sound weird. Yeah, dude, you got to stop that and just, just get it done. You know? So, you know, if, if a relationship goes nowhere, it goes nowhere. What are you going to do? Right. But establishing those contacts, those relationships, it's everyone else has got what you need and uh, myself included, right? I have what someone needs out there. And that's why we're here today. Like I'm sharing my knowledge. I'm sharing what I have for someone else to hopefully leverage and do something good with it. But that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I, that I'm still pushing myself to do is to really tighten up the follow-up. And uh, I think what I'm going to be doing in the next 30 days here is, is really bringing on more staff to help offload some of the items that I'm doing so I can focus on what matters. And that's other people. Yeah, other people matters they matter more, more than I do. Yeah. Right? That's, that's probably the biggest, the biggest weakness that many people forget, you know, especially in the world of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, in our coaching program, we get, I get people that will 
talk about themselves. Oh, Lori, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I want to do. And here's me and here's me and here's me. And I guess if you're, you know, sending in a bio or something, that's about you, then yeah, you have to put all the eyes in there, right? Uh, it's going to have more eyes than a potato, I suppose. But <laughs> if, if you're, but if you're going to be, if you're going to be networking with someone else, it's about them. Tell me about you. What, what's going on in your world? What's exciting you today? How can I help you? I hate that question though. How can I help you? It's more like follow up with them and then try to find a way to help them. Don't, I, I don't ever ask someone, how can I help you achieve your goals? It's such a, Oh, I don't know. I think it's an overrated question. If you ask me, <laughs> that's Wait, what, me. What's a better way to to let them know that you are there to help, though? Then I, I think it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like dating. You know, it's you get to know them a little bit and uh, see what they need that way. Get to know them first, right? It's uh, I, I think that when when I hear a question like that, it's funny. I need a lot of stuff. I just don't know what to say because I don't even know what the other person does. You know, it's a, Hey, Lori, how can I help you? And you're like, I don't, I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> I don't even know what you do. <laughs> like, what, what do you do? Right. And, and that's probably the biggest thing. It's like, that's why I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that question. I would say, get to get to know you. Hey, Lori, let's plan another, let's, let's plan another talk. Let's, uh, let's catch up. Um, what do you like to do? What do you like to do on the weekends? Tell mm-hmm. me about, uh, uh, tell me about your podcast and, and how many listeners you have. Oh, I noticed you have this, that, and the other, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, maybe that might help you. I mean, mm-hmm. things like that as an example, right? That's how you help people and maybe establish a connection for them or something. Sure. Right? It's yeah. to be overt like that. I, I never understood that question. And never, and honestly, it's never got me anywhere. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I ask because I ask, I say that. I do ask for that, but I also, I do have an answer when someone does ask me that. That's more of a general answer, but it has long-term positive results. Yes. So, um, but I think, yeah, if you're going to ask the question, you should know how to answer that too. When someone does reach out and ask you that question. Exactly. And maybe, and maybe that's part of my problem too, is that I don't know how to answer that question. And, um, and, and, you know, it's funny because I would much rather get to know someone and this is just me. I'm not, there's no right or wrong answer in this, right? This is just what I, what I would do. Right. Sure. It's like, yeah. This is what the show's all about. Everyone's yeah. got a different perspective and I think you get more wisdom, knowledge, and experience with diversity and perspective. Right. I mean, I'd rather get to know that person if after, if I like their energy and I like what they're doing and the, and they like me and they like what I'm doing. Great. Let's hit it off. Let's set up another call. Let's, let's talk a little bit more. I mean, that's how all friendships start. All this is, it's all friendships is what it is. I mean, of course they're, they're professional friendships, but it's a friendship nonetheless. And, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like asking someone, will you be my friend? <laughs> that's <what it> sounds <laughs> Let me be sure. your friend. It's kind of sure. like, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. That's just what I think. I'm not saying I'm right. That's just what I think. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? I mean, you, I guess you kind of shared some insights in that already, but any other directions or advice? You know what, Lori, I'll tell you, deliver value, deliver all the value you, you possibly can. And, you know, I know it sounds, it sounds like, you know, again, she, she very weird, you know, to say whatever, but I mean, I'll put it to you this way. There, there's, there's friends that I've met and we're, we're, we're very close business partners today, but at first we weren't. And we, we met through a mutual friend 
and we just talk on the phone and he says that uh, he's looking for help with, I don't know, I think it was a, a title company or something like that. He just happened to mention it in passing. So without even, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Uh, let me see what I can do. Next thing you know, I hook him up with, with a, a top notch guy that I know can do the job and won't let won't make me look stupid. Right. Which is a big deal. And I just set it up. And, you know, he happened to come into town, uh, you know, a few months later, we're still talking. We have a regular dialogue. He mentioned that he liked a certain type of coffee. And I said, Hey, you know what? Uh, you should try espresso. This, 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 I have this, this crazy stovetop thing, you know, and he had never heard of it. I went off and bought one for him and handed mm-hmm. it to him, you know, it's a $10 item, but you know what though? It's sitting on his stove right now. And he's thinking about me, right? He's like, you know what? That cool. That guy was pretty cool. He just, he gave it to me. Nobody does stuff like that. And a third example is I'm actually, this is a good example right here. I met this, uh, this gentleman, uh, Sam, he runs one of the largest brokerage houses in Indianapolis. Uh, met him on, in, on, on LinkedIn, just uh, wanted to meet up with real estate people and uh, met him, talked to him. And I was doing improv at the time. And he mentioned his daughter wanted to do improv. So I said, oh, okay, cool. You know, I could put that in the back of my mind. As soon as I got back to the office, I ordered a book on Amazon and sent it to him and with a note. And I said, You're, this is a book that, that all, or this is a book that all professionals in the improv space use. This is like the Bible for improv people. You need to give this to her. I hope she has a great time with improv. And that was five years ago. To this very day, he's still my friend. That's awesome. And it started off with a $16 book. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like, but people are afraid to spend the $16. Listen, it's just worthless pieces of paper. If anything from this, from this last, this last event from the past few months have shown you that they can just start up the printing presses and send you a check and people get all excited. It tells you that these little pieces of paper, they're just digits. They don't mean anything. <laughs> they just print it off and hand it to you. <laughs> right yeah yeah no i i i'm a fan of the tangible gift that you know that that sits there a little bit longer than the business card you know i've I've got stacks and stacks and stacks of business cards that have just been sitting in those stacks (laughs) not doing anything um and that yeah they don't stand out in any way but yeah i'm gifted a book or something else and that i know exactly who gave me that and I exactly. remember it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's got to be a good relationship. There's, there's another gentleman, uh, another big name in our space. Uh, he invited me off to one of his boot camps. I went to the boot camp. As soon as I got back, sent him a book, you know, so I can tell you when, um, I mean, he remembers me. He sent me a, a, an email, you know, thanking me, you know, that kind of thing. It's huge. It's huge. It's, it's such a, it's a nice professional touch. Don't be afraid to spend the money to build the, those, those key relationships. And, and I would also say to your audience that something that I did, I went on a 30 day spree on LinkedIn is what I chose. And I reached out to every single person that could possibly change my life in some way. And I sent them a message. And of, of the 30 people, I think only like a handful, like five people responded. Right. And of those five people, those two, one of them was a gentleman I mentioned before. And the second one was also instrumental in changing my life. He's the one that told me about this whole real real estate syndication thing that you brought up at the opening. So the point is, is that if you give yourself a challenge to say, look, 
if you can reach out to someone on LinkedIn and actually try to meet them in person and buy them a coffee, don't, don't be afraid to spend the money on a coffee or anything else. And just try to try to network with someone like that. Those people will change your life. And, and honest to God, Lori, those people, they changed my life. It was freaking huge. I I, I can't, yeah, it's awesome. I love that. I think that's great that you, you took this initiative to do some outreach on, on LinkedIn and, and you knew you weren't going to get everyone, Yep. but it's the one or two that matter. It's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you need. I mean, it'd be nice to have more people, but you know what though? If you get with the right people that could change your life. And I mean, and, I mean, it isn't like they're going to immediately change your life and you should never think that way. Like, I'm just going to meet this guy. He's just going to put me on his shoulders and carry me outside and hand me millions. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, it's going to be more like building a relationship with someone. And uh, like I said, this very day, some of these guys are still my friends this very day. It's been years, years, you know, it's just been phenomenal, phenomenal I, stuff. I love that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It's, and it's interesting that someone that you met in the past, you had no idea would have such an impact professionally way down the road on your business yep. and life personally and professionally, I'd say. Yep. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I mean, if I would have known when I was doing that whole corporate life thing that we were describing, uh, if I would have known about the real estate game that I'm doing now, for sure, my life would have been very different, you know? And, uh, but I'll tell you, it's regardless, I, I don't look back at all. There's not a single day, Lori, where I wake up and I say, oh my God, oh, I wish I can go back to that 40 hour job. Oh my God, I'm just missing it so much. It's, it's been years. It's never happened <laughs> ever. <laughs> so yeah, it's great. Let's talk about your 20-year-old self a little bit. I know you you kind of brought it up earlier in the conversation, but if you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Wow. Um, see, that's going to be a difficult question. When, when I was 20, my, my mother had a serious accident, and I don't really talk about this on, on, the, on the air, but uh, she had a serious accident, and... I ended up having to raise my little sister. Uh, you know, she's still alive today, but just a little different. That's all. But at any rate, uh, I ended up having to take care of my sister and um, I had the responsibilities of running the house, so to speak. So I don't know. I think I, I, think I would have probably, I would have told myself to put my, to give myself a challenge to read books a lot more. I totally underestimated the power of books uh, again, for most people, once they finish college and we're, we're, most people don't like college, they just don't. Uh, I made it all the way through. I got two master's degrees and did all that fun stuff because I thought that was, that was what you do, right? That's mm -hmm. what you do. You go to do your undergrad, you go get master's degree. And I wanted more master's degrees because I wanted more than anyone else. That's the only reason why I did it. Stupid, dumb, so dumb. You know, I realize that now. If I, I, I'm reading a book a week now is what I do. Uh, well, I shouldn't say read, listen to a book a week. Mm -hmm. And that made all the difference in the world. So I'd probably go back to my 20 year old self and say, create a list of all these books and not just garbage books. I'm saying the classics that will really cause a mental shift to, to really build your character and uh, to really improve your, your overall skills because I was relying just on tech 
And I thought that as long as I had a good quote job, that's all you needed. And that was totally incorrect. Totally incorrect. I love that. I think, I mean, continuous learning is so important um, to just continue to grow and, and reading, listening to books, podcasts, whatever it may be is probably one of the best ways to, you know, get the uh, other people's perspectives and it broadens your, your mind as well as, as we kind of said earlier. A hundred percent. I mean, for mo- for many people, as soon as they leave school, they're done with books. They don't touch another book again. They, they, they'll gladly watch Game of Thrones or whatever. I've never seen a Game of Thrones episode. I have no idea. If you were start talking about these characters, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what that is. I, I, I mean, we have a TV, but we never turned it on here. We don't watch TV at all, actually, now. I mean, I, I've shifted the whole my whole life away from, uh, away from uh, excessive com- consumption of music and TV altogether. So it's, uh, it's really just been a journey around focusing on the good, the good material that's out there in books and help, just like you said, really building that character that you need to, to succeed, you know, and, and really staying away from all the garbage that, that's floating out there. You know, and there's a lot of it out there, you know, it, it propagates the, the mentality of what I mentioned before, you know, the, the 40 hour, the 40 mm-hmm. hour thing, you know, that that's, that's, that's the wrong way to live. It's the wrong way to live. No, oh, I think that's, that's great. I love that. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something that you'd like to ask me? So when it comes to networking on your side, what, what are some of the things that you do to really make a great impression to get that second phone call from them? Like, how do you know that whatever you're going to tell them is going to actually want to make them pick up the phone and say, Hi, or you know, at a, at a minimum, call you back. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what what are some of the things that you do? Um, I guess there's a number of different scenarios, but if it's like a networking event where I'm meeting new people, I try to tell or share success stories that focus on pains that may have connect that they may be able to connect with. Um, the other thing that I really put a big effort in you spoke about earlier is the follow through. So if I can help someone, regardless if it is something specifically to me, or maybe I can connect them to someone that can help solve their problem, I make an effort to do that. Excellent. Love it. Great question. Thank you. Love it. Love it. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Agostino, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? You know, I, I would, I would say that it's other, other people have your money. All right. And people don't talk about money a whole lot. It's, it's kind of like it's taboo. I'm not sure why it is. Right. But I think that that taboo is, uh, is, is misguided and misdirected. You know, it's, it's others that have your money and it's not, and I'm just saying it in a bad way. What I mean is, is that if you're able to help someone achieve their goals, and you make some money at the same time, that is how you win. You win, they win, everybody's happy. And it just comes down to really supporting that other person and, and making them the star of the show, not yourself. That's, that's ultimately what it is. That's what we do in our teaching program. That's exactly what I talk about. That's awesome. I love it. So if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? 
Sure. Bulletproofcashflow.com. They can go to the, the Facebook group. We have a Facebook group. We have a, a private page as well. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, LinkedIn, of course. We're on, we have the website, Bulletproof Cashflow. Google me, you'll find me. Or you'll find the company. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody. Send me a Facebook request. I just like hearing from people. Awesome. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. You had some great insights to share. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Agostino for taking time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com and look for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.